The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back, my friends, as we start another week together. This is a great week for our country, I just say in our culture, as we look into the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, it's a time that we have set aside, I'm glad we have as a culture, to take some time to be thankful for all that we have. And uh, we live in a culture, I believe this, and I say this uh, graciously but honestly, we live in a culture that is all about what we can get and what we don't have. And uh, I think that it's important for us to be constantly reminded of all that we do have. Uh, there are people all across this world who would love to enjoy what little we have, and they would consider themselves very wealthy to enjoy it. And uh, so I think it's great as a culture that we take time set aside. It's been kind of built into the American culture to be thankful, and I hope you have a great week. I hope you spend time with some family and great encouragement, great rest. Uh, even if you go shopping on Black Friday, you'll have a great time. Hopefully, you'll enjoy this week together. One quick reminder to programming note, um, with the holiday here this week, we will do, obviously, today's devotional. We mentioned that tomorrow we'll finish up a two-part here. We have two thoughts that we're gonna have from this, and so we'll finish up the part tomorrow. And then there will not be one Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week. Uh, and then we will pick back up next Monday, a week from today. So thanks again for joining us. Uh, what we're going to do today, normally, as you know, we've been going through books of the Bible. Or in the last, last week, last week, what we did is we finished up going through different pieces of Scripture and evaluating different sections of Scripture that dealt with praising God or thanksgiving. What I want to do today and tomorrow is I have a list of things on my screen here that I have written down of reasons to be thankful. Um, and I'm going to explain a little bit. I'm going to make one more thought as we get to the end of this. And I'll, let me give you a premise. A lot of times uh, we look at thankfulness based upon our circumstances. I'm thankful if and I'm thankful when. And I want to challenge us over the next two days that if that is what we're thankful for, we will find ourselves very discouraged and often depressed quickly. I want to look at some foundational principles that make us thankful, which will help us then in the aspect of biblical thankfulness in our circumstances. So let's look. I think I have nine written down or ten. I'm going to do the first five this morning. Uh, reasons to give thanks. Um, this one I should go without saying. And if you're not saved, then uh, listen for a moment. I think the first reason we should be thankful is for our salvation. Uh, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, we are aware that not, it doesn't necessarily eliminate the problems of life. We live in a fallen, sinful world. But boy, we have something that the world cannot offer. We have, while we live in chaos, there is a peace. While we live in chaos, there's a hope. Uh, we have the presence of God. We have salvation. We have hope of eternity. Um, and we have all that because of the Word of God, not because a church says it or religion says it. We have it because the Bible promises it. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, but the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. The Bible clearly states it again in Romans, the same idea. We're grateful for salvation mostly because it is a gift. It was purchased by Jesus on the cross at an ultimate price, but it is a gift that we have been given. If you've never received the free gift of salvation, I don't mean baptism or church or religion. I mean salvation, where you, outside of your own works and outside of good outweighing bad, none of that matters. You've just... According to Romans, put your faith in Jesus, repented of your sin and turned to him, and called upon him for salvation. If you've not done that, I hope you do that this week. This week of Thanksgiving where you turn to Jesus. 
Um, that's the first. And second thing I think we should give thanks for is forgiveness. We turn into the area of salvation. Well, obviously, if we have been saved, we have been forgiven. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You say, well, I think Christians just look and think they're, they're always perfect. You know the verse in verse 8 of 1 John 1, 9, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. The scriptures even teach us we're all sinners. Saved or unsaved, we still battle sin. The, what we find hope in is forgiveness. Uh, no matter our past, no matter our current actions, forgiveness is one of those foundational things. You say, why do you call these foundational? These are things, if we're not careful, that can beat us up because there's part of us that can get overwhelmed with our failures, our struggles, and things of that nature. And Satan wants us to be overwhelmed and beaten up by that. He wants us to do it, but then he wants us to feel guilty by it. And these truths are just foundational because it's really hard to live in hope and peace in the other things we'll talk about when we haven't experienced salvation and forgiveness. Uh, a forgiveness that we can then offer to others. Think about this. We can offer we can offer forgiveness the world's not used to offering to other people as a result of what we have received, this unfettered, unconditional forgiveness from Almighty God. By the way, there's an important part in this, and some people argue the forgiveness side. Can I tell you an important principle? Why do we need forgiveness? We need forgiveness because we are answerable to an almighty God. The world wants to sit back and say, God does not have a say over us. We can do what we want. That is wrong. It's a lie of Satan. We are. God is the creator of the earth. God is your creator. God loves you. He died for you. He is the king of the world. And we are accountable to him, no matter what anybody wants to tell you. So therefore, forgiveness is something we plead. And we get it from God because he's the one that establishes the rule, right and wrong. But when we come to him, not only are we give forgiveness, we're given an un unconditional love that just the world can't offer. So we thank the Lord first for those two things. Three, well, I think we thank the Lord for the Bible. You say, okay, Pastor, you're going through a bunch of really spiritual things. This is kind of where I was starting with the premise. If you come in this idea that I'm gonna, I'm gonna thank God when my bills are paid, when I thank God when everybody's comfortable and everybody likes me and I've got a great job and money in the bank, uh, very carefully I wanna state something. That is humanistic, all right? I will thank God when he has given me everything I want. Well, the moment I do that, one, it's not thankful to God. I, I, that, that is a very wrong view of God. I see God as give to me, give to me, and then I'll be happy. Uh, we've turned God into a bellhop. We've turned into a um, drive-through helper. We've turned it into the same person. When I walk into a restaurant, I expect someone to serve me. I have put God in that place, and that is the wrong place. It's my job to serve him. And if you have that view of God, either you're not saved or you've got to get some things right. Uh, we come to this because the foundational premises that give us the ability to enjoy peace and true thanksgiving come from these principles. Three, the Bible. Why? Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It digs down deep into that part of my life that I just can't really always figure out where, where the facts and emotions kind of hit. And he, he, he breaks them asunder. He helps me to use truth to, over, to establish my emotions instead of my emotions controlling me. And he allows me, through the Word of God, to be able to find truth and answers and hope. And it's quick and powerful. It's alive. It's not just a history book. It's a live book. It's God's love letter to me. I hold strongly to the Word of God. Psalm 119, uh, we use this as our theme verse for this podcast. Uh, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's powerful, but it's a guide. I don't have to live this world alone. I have a guide. I'm not hopeless. I have hope. I have direction, and I have clarity through God. Number four, 
I'm grateful because he is my foundation. Colossians 2, verse 6, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. I come because he's my foundation. You say, well, that's kind of an intangible thing. Well, it, when you, it is until you understand what it means. When you are saved and walking in God, you have a foundation. You see, a lot of times the foundation in our world is, is circumstances. It's my bank account. It's my work. It's the politics. It's um, whether, you know, the cost of meat at the grocery store, which goes up. We drive by and we see the cost of gas on gas station uh, screens and we look at it and say, I, I can't do that. Our foundation is in things that we can control. And yet, the true foundation is of God. He is our chief cornerstone. And when we have that foundation and the storms of the world come in, we're not going to be shaken. We're not going to be overwhelmed. We're not going to collapse because our foundation's not in these things. Our foundation's in God. He tells us in the book of Philippians, he starts, be careful for nothing. But then he says, one of the things is, he will keep our heart. It doesn't mean that the problems won't come. He will help establish that part of us that needs stability. He'll do it. When our world says, we should be panicking, God will give us peace. And that's our foundation. Number five, he is in control. Now, I understand that this one, when we say we thank the Lord for it, many people battle with this. Let me read the passage. Now, let me explain what I mean by that first. We say he is in control. Uh, we as Christians appreciate the fact that he's in control because when we see the chaos, we're glad that we're, our life is not based upon the chaos, the chaos of the media, the chaos of politics, the chaos of wars, the chaos of the world, and the, the constant fighting that social media only exaggerates. And now, I mean, with, with Twitter, I mean, that's a whole other war. I mean, it's just ridiculous, the hate that is out there today. And so what happens is people get frustrated and say, well, if God is in control, why is all this happening? Well, we have to understand that God is in control and he's given us a free will and Satan's free. We don't have to act the way we do, but God has given us the freedom to act the way we do. And when the world acts that way, that's their choice. And God has said, I'm going to give you freedom to do it. Now, he's going to limit it. Uh, but unfortunately, when Adam and Eve, when Adam chose to sin in the garden, and we continue to choose, we continue to go against God's plan. When you go against God's plan, and then chaos is going to come. And catch that. When we choose to ignore God's plan and go against God's plan, chaos will come. God has given us the plan. God has given us the way to peace. God has given us the way to fulfillment. God has given us the way to blessing. And if we follow it, God's word, we'll enjoy that. It's when we choose to ignore it and go outside that chaos has come, and God has said, I will let you have what you want. We have chaos because we want it. We want a world without God, and a world without God always brings chaos. And he is in his control and his sovereignty is allowing it. And please understand, in the future, God is going to ultimately deal with this, as we know he's in control. So let me two verses uh, that help us understand this premise of God is in control. Psalm 118, 24, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in. In the midst of the chaos, there are going to be things that God is going to allow into our lives. That doesn't mean that uh, he's, in, he's bringing bad things. It just means when trials come, he is aware of them. He's going to limit what comes in, and, and, but he will give us the gift. Now, please understand, but, you know, I used to say, and I've heard people say, God will only give, he won't give us more than we can handle. I don't believe that's true. I believe God will often give us more than we can handle so that we go to him so that he can help us handle it. I really believe that. He wants us to be in our knees. He wants us to be dependent to him. And when we are, he does great things in our life. And so... He wants us to be dependent, and, and so he calls upon us to be that. So he has made this. We can trust that whatever comes in today or tomorrow, he is aware. Then he says in Matthew 6, 34, 
Take therefore no thought for the morrow, or for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient to the days the evil thereof. What in the world is that talking about? God is only going to give you enough grace for today. He's not worried about tomorrow. He's not worried about next week. The reason anxiety rides so high is we're often so worried about next week or next month or 2023 or all these things, and we can become so consumed with them that we realize that anxiety is unnecessary because God says, listen, Tomorrow's not here yet, sufficient to the days of evil thereof. Tomorrow's going to come with its battles. And tomorrow when you wake up, I will give you the grace for tomorrow's battles. I'm going to give you the grace for today. Stand today. Keep your eyes on me. Stay with today. Let me worry about tomorrow. That is what we're looking at. And that's what we could say we control. While he allows chaos to rule because our world wants it, he gives us grace to endure it, but only for today. So don't live in tomorrow. Don't panic in the things you cannot control. Live in today and trust in his control. Thanks for joining us again on this Monday. Um, we mentioned this is two parts. So I have five more things I want to mention tomorrow. Join us again tomorrow. Please remember tomorrow will be our last one for this week. Next Monday, we will come back and we'll jump into the book of Second Peter. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you join us again tomorrow.